I'm Danny Hicks. Welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast, where we learn from top real estate agents how they maintain a thriving business all while living the good life. Hey, guys. I am Danny Hicks, and I'm here with Mike Bell. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I want to jump right into it, because these podcasts move really quickly as far as our time. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you got started in real estate. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, well, hey, thanks for having me on the show. It's a very successful show. I've learned a lot already, So, but thank you very much for the invitation. I, I feel honored. So um, I'm a broker in Pasadena, California. I started, by, I kept getting laid off by regular jobs. And so I, I, uh, I decided to find some investors and I started buying and flipping homes. And then I found that I, I could, I felt like I could run circles around the normal agents in the area and uh, so I got my broker's license and then um, a lot of agents liked the way I worked and they asked if they could join me. I never really thought of it, but um, I was at, at one point, I was the youngest practicing broker in, in the area. And that was in my uh, early thirties. I remember going to a board meeting and I was being stopped at the door being told it was only for brokers. And I was <laughs> 32 years old. I was like, Hey man, I have my own brokerage I had 10 agents underneath me. Uh, but then for, I, I think maybe this will resonate with a lot of people, but if you're, if you're a broker, it, it is a lot of work. It's, it is, um, mm-hmm. you're dealing with a lot of interesting personalities. Let's put it that way. And it wasn't for me. So, um, I just w- decided to go off on my own, um, about 20 years ago. So I've been selling basically as a, as a broker associate, um, for now, I, I guess I'm on my third firm, but I've been with Sotheby's international for about 10 years. And okay, mostly so you start out represent sellers. So you're you're doing predominantly listings, um, and you started out as a broker. Agents come to you, you recruit it, you're doing the traditional brokerage model, and then you say, you know what, I, I want to do deals. I don't want to manage people, which is a completely different job, as you said. Uh, and now you're kind of on your own. Do you have a real estate team? Do you have any structure there, or is it just you solo? Well. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the millionaire real estate agent book from Gary Keller. I'm, I'm not, I was with Keller Williams a long time ago, but I, I think it's a fantastic book. And one of the first chapters in that book talks about the three L's, the listings, leads, and leverage. And that resonated with me. So that's, that's really is my focus is listings, leads, and leverage. So I don't really have a huge team. It's just myself and a, a licensed assistant. And then I just focus on listings and, um, and then I, I spend most of my time on leverage. I, I'm sorry, uh, leads, working on leads. And so the, the formula, as simple as it sounds, it really works. So, so what are you doing for lead generation right now? I, I feel like I've tried everything. Um, mm-hmm. Google AdWords, Facebook stuff, pumpkins, pies, American flags on the front porch, um, uh, sponsoring the different events and stuff like that. And what's funny, is, and, and this is just my experience, but what's funny is it's just good old organic, old fashioned, face to face, voice to voice, relationship building, lunches, dinners, get to know people. I'm old school. I do handwritten cards. 
Um, it's kind of boring, I think, what I do, because I have brand new agents ask me all the time, what, how do you do all of this? I do like 30 to $45 million a year. And mm-hmm. um, that's it. I really I don't spend my money on on those ads. I have a really good website. I think you have to have a good website. But in terms of trying to generate leads through social media and other stuff, I know other people do it. I get it. Um, it's just, um, it just didn't work for me the way I wanted mm-hmm. it to. And so for me, dollar for dollar, it's just the old fashioned handshake. Have, let's have lunch. Let's grab a cup of coffee type thing. Yeah. I always found all of the little social media and websites and all that. It's kind of a validator, but it's not going to have people calling you out of the blue. Oh, I saw your website and now I want you to be my realtor. Um, you'll get that if you sell something quickly in a neighborhood. You might get somebody to call you and say, hey, my neighbor, I noticed their house sold in a couple of days, maybe maybe there. Uh, but that doesn't get more old-fashioned than an old sign call either. So, yeah, I'm right there with you on that. Um, so, so as far as adding people to your database, are you just getting involved in your community? Or are you, uh, what are you doing? Are you, you're not cold calling. I know that. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't cold call. Um, yeah, I think they, they say that your net worth is based upon your network. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important to have a CRM and mm-hmm. put everybody in there as much as you possibly can. And you have to, uh, it is a pain, but you got to stay on top of it and you got to update it and you have to, you know, make sure you have the right emails and stuff like that. And you also have to touch people. So for me, I've never really... I've always wanted, I've always shied away from being the stereotypical cheeseball realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, I do send an, an email out every month, but it's an email that I have curated by somebody else. And it's just basically local events, fun stuff. And it has nothing to do with real estate. Uh, it has no market data. It doesn't have any comps or any of that stuff, but it's an email. And that email blast goes out to about 5,000 people. And pretty much every month that I send that out, Pretty much every month. I probably have maybe five or six unsubscribes. That's no big deal. Um, and then yeah. there's always somebody that says, can you, I'm, I'm tired of forwarding this to my friend. Here's my friend's email address. Can you send it to them for me? And so that's just one way of just, I, I don't, I, I do get business from it. Not a lot, but it is way, one way to stay on top of mind for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to stay on top of mind as your, as a real estate agent. I heard this a long time ago, and you probably have heard this too, is that the human mind has a, the ability of kind of remembering uh, the top two of something. Like, say, somebody asks you, you know, who's your favorite plumber? It's easy to remember two usually, but the third one's really hard. And you just don't, in, in this business, you don't want to be in third place. You want to be in first or second place in the top of mind of somebody. And that's just one way of doing it. Now, there's other ways too, as you know. Yeah, that's just old school staying in front of them, creating value so that they're looking for it, seeing your name again, and knowing that, you know, you're a value and you're a part of their community because, right, you can't, yeah. you're not, you're not sending it from Virginia where I am, you know, you're, you're in their neighborhoods, you, you, you know, the local things going on. It just, it proves you're, you're an expert in your area. I like that a lot. The, yeah. uh, go ahead. Oh, I was. It's, I like. I love statistics. And the National Association of Realtors puts out all these stats every year, and they they find out why people hire realtors. And I really honed in on this. And 
it was shocking to me. They don't usually hire you because they find you on Facebook or something like that. Something like 75% of the decision to hire you is because they like you and they trust you. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that um, you're, you're, you really know your craft. It's not that at all. It's 75% is because if they know you and they like you and they trust you. So if you spend your time, I mean, this is just the way I am. If you spend your time getting into those opportunities where people can get to know you and trust you, uh, you're going to do very well. Yeah. And then if you have a couple, I was going to say, if you've got a couple little real estate skills, that doesn't hurt either. Right. You can do a CMA and, and, you know, yeah. Oh, you, you kind of need to know those things too, but (laughs) yeah. um, I got this stupid, funny thing I say to people and they get a little annoyed, but it's so simple. It's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our business really is, I mean, don't you think it's kind of simple in a way, but it is hard at the same time. You did, I think if you simplify it and you're just a normal human being with people and, and you're of service and you look them in the eye and you know how to shake their hand and get them information and, you know, you'll do pretty well. As I say, you provide value. That's what you do. You, you, yeah. You're there when you, they need you and, they, and they're sure that you're going to be there after the deal too. Yeah. I think that's really big. That's what I've found. Uh, you know, if, if you're consistent in emailing them that list, they assume you're going to be consistent when they actually pay you. You yeah, know, that yeah, exactly. those simple things do come back. So you do a little bit something different than most agents. I, I know we just went over all the things that you do that we all agree upon, but you also have this book that uh, is kind of how I found you kind of pick this thing up online somewhere. And uh, so oh, that's really interesting. Let me reach out to him and let's talk a little bit about it. Oh, and there it is. Very nice. So I have a crazy story about this. So there were things that I didn't like about the industry, what the industry was telling agents to do. And you know this too. They tell us to double end stuff. They tell us that the, I need to have, we need to have a real estate sign up there. We need to do mailers. We need to have print advertising and we need to do open houses. And like I said, I, I enjoy stats. So the National Association of Realtors puts out this, you know, it's, it's like if you print it, it's almost two inches thick of data and that they collect every year. And they ask buyers and sellers a number of questions, over 100 questions. And it was kind of shocking to find it, what, what really works and what doesn't work. And so I thought it'd be interesting to be the guy that wrote the white paper. You know, white papers are kind of like an old fashioned uh, research paper. And uh, it turned into a book. I met a I met a guy at a seminar who who publishes helps public first time authors publish themselves. And he thought there's a book there. So I'm not recommending anybody write a book. Um, it's the worst experience of my life. It is so hard <laughs> to write a book. It's easy to write one page, but to to do 140 pages that coalesce together, it's 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 a different animal. But um, I was hoping to sell a few hundred copies, and it sold forty thousand. Which is huge when it's not, uh, you know, fiction, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. For, for an industrial, for a, a professional book, that, that's a lot of books, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that book. I, I know you didn't care for the way the system was working. You didn't like what realtors were being taught and kind of how they were operating business. And you thought, man, if, if sellers knew this and... and Frankly, I think when we were talking previously, you were talking about how hard the data was to get. 
you had to like get a friend to pretend and all sorts of things. Tell us a little bit about that. So the National Association of Realtors puts out a questionnaire to people that just bought and just sold. And uh, I didn't realize how closely guarded these questions are. Uh, and so as a member of the California Association of Realtors, I just picked up the phone and asked the research department if I could have a copy of it. And they initially said yes. And then they called me back and they said no. And I'm thinking, you know, why? So I had a friend that was in the uh, uh, kind of the, uh, they're in the uh, economic kind of department. I don't want to out this person, but they right. were in there at a friend. And so uh, that guy uh, pulled it out for me and sent it to me. It's like a hundred and it's about 150 questions. And what was really interesting, uh, uh, you know, the National Association of Realtors tells agents all the time that you have about an 8% chance of selling your house because of an open house. And it's actually not true. Um, the question they ask in that, they don't ask that question, by the way, they don't ask, did you find your house from an open house? They said in, in the, the question is, did you find your house from an open house sign, any sign, a yard sign or a billboard? Now, that that's an 8% chance of selling your house because of those things. Now, keep in mind, all across the country, new home construction is about 10% of all sales. New homes are sold that way. So already mm -hmm. the data is skewed. And you can kind of see, and you, maybe you'll agree with me, but if you read the book on the chapter in open houses, I would think it's probably a 2% chance of selling your house uh, because of an open house. And then as we all know, open houses are dangerous and all the other things. So um, I really don't do open houses. I tell people the truth. Um, uh, I'd like to have my weekends to myself uh, and my family if I can. Um, I do open houses once in a while. It, you know, of course, if it's the first weekend, that's it's pretty good. And, you know, and we all know that open houses are great for leads. Right. Yeah. yeah. You meet buyers at an open house. Yeah. Very rarely. And you meet yeah. sellers too. So, um, but that's just one of the chapters. So um, I've kind of leaned into the, into the book. Um, I get a lot of phone calls on it. I, I, I give the book, book away for free. I give the audio book away. Um, it is on Amazon if somebody wants to buy it. Um, if one of your audience members wants a free copy, I've got so many copies that my publisher gave me. I'd be happy to mail you one. Just shoot me an email. My website is michaelbbell.com. And I, I, I'm happy to, to, to spread the, the information out there. But for your listeners, I mean, if you're a real estate agent, if you're not trying to sell books, I'll give you a free book, okay? But you could use the book to help you with your business. And you could even give it to your clients and say, hey, this is, this is a great guide for, for you to sell your house. Um, and you don't have to hire me. I tell this people all the time, you don't have to hire me, but at least take a look at the book. And uh, I guarantee you, it will, if it, it will, probably make you more money and it'll definitely alleviate a lot of headaches for you. And from an agent standpoint, it'll get you out of an open house on Sunday at the very least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to rely on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got kids. I want to be home for my kids. I don't, you know, I buzz around on Sundays and with my kids and we, they kind of laugh and say, geez, good thing you're not, you wrote that book. Good thing you don't do open houses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, open house, 
don't get me wrong. I, and I'm at EXP right now and, and all of the new agents, like that seems to be their strategy. Man, they're, I get a call every weekend about my listings. Hey, can we hold it open? Um, you know, and I, I'll hold my share open if it's one that, that makes sense. But for the most part, that's not a strategy that's really catching fire as far as meeting people. Um, and even if you did, you're hoping to meet one person, like that, that it's going to be a fit. Everybody's very nice to you when they come in the door and then you call them and they, they forget your number and yeah. don't return the call in any way, shape or form. So I know that open houses aren't a big piece of your business. And we have the book, which we give away and you literally tell people, Hey, if you read this book, you probably don't need me. Uh, they still hire you because you're kind of the easy button and uh, it's always nice to have an expert on your team. Right? So what else do you think is in that book that people should really, especially realtors, because that's our audience, should know about, you know, to, to tweak their business towards the stats, because I think the statistics are the big part in this book. Well, it's not necessarily in the book, but I think everybody should have a real estate coach. Um, I think just to keep yourself accountable and there's some inexpensive real estate coaches out there, but you should know what to say to people. I mean, I know a lot of people may think, oh, scripts, oh, they're so, uh, so canned, it's so fake. But what got me was, so my, my younger brother is a, a really good chiropractor. He sees 80 people a day. He's up in Portland, Oregon. And what, what was really interesting to me was 15 years ago, he had come back from the seminar and he said it was a great seminar. And I go, what'd you do at this seminar? You know, And we just did scripts. And what, what was interesting is he said, he goes, you know, if I, I, at back then he was seeing 30 or 40 people and he goes, I can't say something different every time I have to say what I say, I have to say it really effectively. And I should just say it over and over again. And they told him basically how to, what to say and, and how to say it to people. So they, you know, un understand their healthcare and understand what just happened and, you know, understand, you know, if they want to do maintenance on their, on their back and all that other stuff. But I kind of thought, well, if chiropractors have scripts, um, you know, and everybody's been screaming and yelling that realtors should have scripts. So I think it's important and it, it's not that hard um, mm -hmm. to get scripts. I mean, um, Tom Ferry has free scripts online. There's fa they're fantastic, but you should know what to say when somebody says X and you shouldn't be able to know what, you know, what that response is. But Little hacks like that. I'm into little hacks. Um, I think everybody's into little hacks. But um, if you know what to say, um, I think that's key. Having a having a coach, and then I tell the younger agents all the time. I mean, this business you gotta you know you gotta get up in the morning. You know you gotta pick up the phone. You gotta be of service. You have to get out there. You know, secret agents make no money. This is true, hence the name of the podcast. Uh, there, yeah, you definitely, you, you got to treat it like a job. Anybody who's getting up yeah. and, you know, put their kids on the bus and then they hang out and have some coffee and then they clock in around 11 or noon, you pretty much have missed, you know, you, you need to be up early. You need to be doing your work. You need to know what you're going to do that day before you sit down to do it. Don't just do what comes across your plate. I would fully agree with all of that. So, you're doing the old school real estate. We've got the book. Uh, what are you doing to add people to your database? And do you have like a, an avatar for who you want to work with? I know you do sellers. Is there a certain area you're using or is there, you know, something like that, that you're, you're scoping to say, Harry, this is really who I want to work with. That's a good question. And it makes me think that there's a lot more I can improve on. 
I'm not I'm not buying lists or anything like that. I um, I sort of have a shotgun approach, but I but I uh, I actually go deep with everybody that I've got. I would say every month, what I every month um, uh, I, I I spend about an hour a month on building and updating the database. Part of it is when you send an email out and if you get a bounce back, okay, so you can kind of, and now you have a reason to pick up the phone and call somebody, hey, did you move? I was sending you my newsletter or whatever. Or you just go online and you know try to update it. Um, organically, if you're just out there meeting people, you know, mm-hmm. I'll tell people, hey, would you be offended if I touch base with you once in a while? If they, you know, Sure. Oh, well, here, here's my business card. Or you try to get their business card. Or you just go out and find them on LinkedIn or something like that. So there's no reason why an average agent can't add 10 or 15 people a month and uh, organically. And, you know, after four or five years, that's, that's, that's a huge database of people. Yeah, I found when when we go to like public places, and you're making that small talk, and you ask people, what do you do for a living? I mean, that's a normal question, right? And uh, they're going to ask you what you do. And the trick is to, to have that script, as you say, to, to get them interested in asking you to send them information, right? So they say, what do you do? I say, I'm a real estate agent. And what, what's the first question they're going to ask you? You want to guess it? I'm sure you know it. What's the market like? Yes, absolutely. And my answer and you know there is... responses, right? Go ahead. What's your response? And I'll give you mine. Well, first of all, I'll tell you what my response is when somebody asks me what I do for a living. Okay. I say I sell a lot of homes and then I tell myself to shut up. I sell a lot of homes and then I would just want to wait to see where it goes from there. That's a script. Mm-hmm. And then when they ask me, how's the market? I'll say, it depends if you're a buyer or a seller. And then I'll shut up because it is, it's true. Once in a while, they'll be like, what do you mean? Like, it's completely different if you're a buyer or seller. I like, I'm sorry. I like the buyer or seller. I like the buyer or seller. I say it depends on the location, okay. you know, because the market is different in all sorts of times. You know, is there a piece of real estate in particular you're interested in? Well, they always come back with, well, my house. And I go, well, I, I got you. What, what part of town do you live in? You know, and if you, if you give me the address, I'll give you specific information on what the market looks like. Right. So now they're asking me for data on what's going on. They were trying to make small talk, but instead of talking about the interest rates and where they are and how the market is fast or slow, I'm getting down to like specific details. So now they're asking me for information on their house. And so now I can say, well, you know, if if I pulled the comps for your area, where would I send those to? You know, would it be all right if I called behind it just to make sure you got it? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it didn't fall into your spam folder. Now I got their address, I got their email and I got their phone number. And they asked me to reach out to them about real estate. I'm not calling to say it was great meeting you at the party. Um, I mean, you get that in there too, but I mean, I, I like that they're intentionally asking me. And now does it turn into anything? If you add enough value, it does. And if they were just being nice and small talking, it doesn't. But at least I had the opportunity. Uh, yeah. And and what I now that I've been, I'm a, more of a veteran in this, and I, I just don't want to waste my time with you know people that are just going to use me up or something like that. I'll say something like, you probably already have a realtor in your family, or you probably yeah. already know a realtor that you'd probably use. I just, it's like kind of a little bit of a flippant remark in a way, but I want to see how they react because you'd be surprised. I mean, 
half the people will say, yeah, my son's a realtor, my mom's a realtor, or my best friend or my best man in my wedding was a realtor. And now, you know, just, you know, to take it to another, in it to another direction, if you want to, yeah, yeah. unless you want to waste your time, but I'm not into wasting my, you know, I just, um, so I usually say something like that. And, you know, it probably kills 20 or 30% of the, my potential leads, but I don't think it was ever a lead. No, not if their brother's a realtor. Like, unless they don't like their brother, you could go into that. Hey, are you and your brother? Well, they'll tell you. <laughs> Sometimes they'll tell you. Yeah, that's you true. See, you probably, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, the last, I had a bad transaction when I sold, when I bought my house five years ago and the realtor did this, this and that. And now you're like, okay, well, tell yourself now that's an opportunity. Stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things. So one of the, the scripts, talking about scripts, I got into the ninja selling. I don't know if you've read that book. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I really like, and we, I do a ton of Buffini stuff as well. And we use scripts from him and I, I, you know, you eat the meat and you throw the bones away, but you take the parts that you really care for and you add that. But I really like the intake that the ninja selling process did. They get you sitting at a table. You're talking specifically about real estate. You're getting it all on paper. They know that you're working for them. They know, they understand it. Everything's intentional, right? But one of the yeah. big questions is, have you had an experience with a realtor and what was that like? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? What did they do right? What did they do wrong? And they tell us how they want to be served, which is massive as opposed to us guessing. I mean, they must like text messages. They're 20. Well, maybe they don't like text messages. You know what I mean? And they'll tell you all that information if you ask the question at the right time. Now you wait a year in and you ask, they're like, well, what have you been doing all this time, Bozo? You know, that's just been my but, experience. Um... One of the scripts that I like, and, and, and I think you you totally agree with this, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to be comfortable with saying these things. And sometimes mm -hmm. you just have to practice it and it gets easy. Um, well, that's actually true. You always have to. But sometimes you practice it and it just doesn't come naturally. And if it doesn't come naturally, you may not want to say it because it's going to come out the wrong way. Mm -hmm. um, but what I really think that we should be, as real estate agents, we need to be positive. Nobody likes a negative realtor. Nobody likes a realtor that rips on other people or says nope. bad things about other people. And it's just bad. And, and, and we, gosh, I want to do that all the time, but you can't. <laughs> but one of the things I say, and it's a fan, I think it's a great script. I forgot where I learned this from, but I'll, if, if they start talking about their other real estate agent, I'll ask them, what'd you like about them? Yeah. You know, and and if they don't like anything about, they'll be like, I didn't like anything about it. It's like, oh, okay, you know. But if it's an expired listing or something like that, ask them what you like about your other realtor, and mm -hmm. they'll just they'll they usually will tell you pretty quickly what they hated about it. At least you know like what you need to do now. They just gave you a roadmap. Yeah, yeah that, but the if they really are... like them, at least you'll know. Well, that's what yeah, I'm saying. The pitfalls they... are are mapped out, but it's also yeah. one of those things where if they like nothing and nothing really happened on the transaction, that might be another red flag. You might be stepping into a very difficult client and knowing that up front. And, you know, that's that's kind of big too, right? If they hate everything all the time, you, you might want to be like, man, I don't know if I want a piece of this. And there's other people out there, you know. Yeah, there's some people out there, you just can't make them happy. And you have to, I think, um, you have to follow your gut. You know, you have to trust your gut and, and you just let somebody else have them. <laughs> Well, and if you can do it right, you 
get a referral fee, right? There's somebody out there that's newer and they're a little hungrier and they're willing to do it. Uh, It's also nice if you can kind of see that one coming and you have enough leads that you can turn it down. And that's really where going back to getting up early, making your phone calls, staying in front of people, all that comes into play, right? I mean, if you're being intentional and doing your activities, then we have options. Uh, and then being authentic and being yourself, that makes it easy. Whether you're at the baseball game or church or or on a listing appointment, they get the same guy that that adds to that trust you were talking about. Um, I think that yeah. all of that's really important. So as we define like the avatar, and I know I asked that and I, it was kind of a multi-pronged question, so I kind of got lost in the sauce there. Uh, have you ever gone through and defined all your different types of clients? Like the relocation, the first time home buyer, the move down. Um, this is something we did, and I got this at peak uh, in the Buffini convention. And we were even going as far as to doing testimonial videos to each one of those different buyer seller types. But as we did it, you start lumping people and going, okay, wait, they did have this in common and they did have that in common and, and they like this. So I will try to implement that. You know what I mean? Uh, I also found that we have such a short attention span, all of us, that if you can ask them what's important to them and hit those points first, that was helpful, right? You get this many, you get maybe 20 minutes where they're truly engaged. And after that, you know, it turns into small talk and it's fine. But if you have those avatars and then you kind of know where to go and then you do what we were talking about earlier, where you ask them, you know, what did they do right? What did they do wrong? Now I know what, which areas to, you know, he never called me. Well, I'm going to call you twice a week, no matter what, right? Up, down, left, right, really doesn't matter. I'm going to call you twice a week. You know, you start laying out what's important to them as opposed to launching into your spiel about, you know, the the videos you make that you put online that no one cares about. I mean, other agents care, but (laughs) that's that's who's watching most of that social media, in my opinion. It's not really buyers and sellers. So have you ever tried to dive into that or not so much? Well, I, I, I do. And I think it's really important for you to track your business and where it is mm-hmm. come from and then just determine like, you know, if it's, if, if it's from hanging out at the, at the coffee shop, then maybe you need to keep doing that. Cause that's mm-hmm. more of a natural setting for you. But if you're doing the lunches or if you're doing the sponsorships at the local bar association, I mean, there's just so many, but I think it's, it, I track, I started tracking about 20 years ago and I kind of hone in. I also, in terms of like the avatar you're, you're talking about, I mean, the perfect client of mine is someone who's 60 years old. I mean, I'm 53 years old, but older folks have always resonated uh, with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> the book, um, the average person that buys the book and calls me is a, a, a 70-year-old female. <laughs> the older ladies love me and I, I resonate really well with them. I mean, it's just, it's almost a hundred percent. It's something else. Hitting the cougar market. No huh? idea. But those are great sellers too, because they're moving down or they're mm-hmm. moving out of California. A lot of people are moving out of California. That's another podcast. <laughs> there you go. But, but as they're moving out of California, you've got your network all lined up and you're reaching out to these amazing agents Absolutely. and taking care of them beyond that which I got to love that. So I know how busy you are. Um, Just wanted to get into some of what is your favorite takeaway from an event? Because you've done conventions just like I have. You've been to a bunch of stuff. What what did you really get where you're like, all right, that made sense? 
Uh, well, so I, I actually this 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 year I went to Mega Camp at Keller Williams, and I was an agent at Keller Williams, and I, frankly, I love the education stuff that they they pump out at Keller Williams. Uh, so there were there were two things that I got out of that. And this past this past Mega Camp, Gary Keller was up there with his other minions, and they had these pirate shirts on. It was like, what's a 70-year-old man doing with a pirate shirt? It, you know, and the first day of the event, they never explained it. And nobody talked about it. And I kind of thought, well, you know, I'm from another brokerage. Everybody must know about this. The next day, he talked about how, you know, you need to have this pirate mentality. And you need to go out and take what's not yours and, you know, get your unfair share and, you know, and, you know, be a marauder. You know, that's your job as a realtor is to go out and find these deals, like finding treasure. It's out there. And so, uh, of course, I bought a pirate flag and uh, it's on top of my dresser. Uh, so there's there's that. OK, so I know it's goofy, but yeah, you, you have to have you got to have fun in this business. You have to have some triggers. It's a lot of it is just um, reminders. You know, it's mindset. Um, and then the other thing that I learned and I had never heard this before, and it's called uh, imposter syndrome. Yes. We, we hit that heavily at the Buffini Convention. Because so I never heard of it before. Tell me more about this, because this is, I, I have this. I, and I, I think every, I was going to say every realtor, especially in this market, because you sell a lot, but you're not selling what you sold last year or the year before when the, the interest rate was 3%. None of us are. It's fine, but you sit there and during that time we were telling ourselves, it's us. We, you know, I've learned something, I, I've hit it. This is just what I'm going to do from now on. And the conditions were very good. And so, you know, we were able to sail faster. Now you're, you have your skills still and you're going, wait a minute, I'm not selling that many transactions. It's a little less. Am I that guy that did all that or am I not, Right. Yeah. And finding your identity in how many in your numbers is part of what creates imposter syndrome. Whereas you're still Mike Bell, you're still the guy who wrote the book, you're still the guy with the same skills you always were. It's just that the market was a little better yeah. then, right? And if we remind yeah. ourselves and we don't find that identity in that, and we find our identity in you know the skills we have or or our relationships, you're going to be way happier. But that was like a really big thing. I mean, he hit that very, very hard. And I think it's interesting that because you're in a kind of another brand. And I honestly, I think they're all good. I think everything under the sun works. It just doesn't work for you. Is it speaking what you want to speak kind of thing? But yeah, that's definitely a big thing. What about quotes? Did you have any quotes that you just kind of uh, wrote up on your board or, or just, you know, stuck with you? You're like, all right, man, that's that's something. Uh, my favorite quote, and I'm sorry, I can't, I'm trying to think who said it first, but it's, it, it, it's basically, it is good is the enemy of great. Uh, we oftentimes settle for good. We all do. I'm not sitting here preaching that I do everything great, but it is the end. Good is the, is the enemy of great. Um, and if, and if you can get to greatness, if you can do something a little bit better, um, do it. Uh, it will it will work out. Uh, our business is just full of details, you know, little things. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell my my son, my kids, um, I push them pretty hard. I've got two wonderful kids; they're both teenagers, uh, 
and I, you know, they'll be happy about sometimes like getting a B plus on a, on a report. Um, <laughs> Danny, if you and I do a B plus job, we're out of business, <laughs> right? If you miss 10% of what you're supposed to do, your butt is fired. You're not going to get the listing, you know, right. it's just, yeah. And they don't like hearing that, but you got to do everything A plus. And, and I think it's, it's easy for agents to say, well, I, I gave it a B plus and I have no business. And, and then they get out of the business or they hate the business. And it's like, it is B plus is a failure. I, I unfortunately people you're, you're, if you're missing 10% of the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. Well, you're going to miss, you're going to miss stuff anyway. Even if you did an A plus yeah. effort, some people you're just not going to hit. So if yeah. you're dropping the ball on ones, if you're losing games, you're supposed to win. Yeah, that's, you already have the market error there that you weren't yeah. going to get anyway. And then you're adding that on. And then hopefully your price point's good because that might save you maybe, possibly. Um, but no, you, I'm, I'm with you on that. You definitely have to do that. Um, you know, just, I have, I, I like this one that re, you reminded me of is I don't want to try to do anything. I don't plan on being excellent at. Like, don't, for me, don't, don't do it. You know, there's no reason to play a game that you're like, I don't even care if I win. No. Yeah. You do care. And, and my nephews know if they play me in monopoly that that's going down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm overly competitive at you're a real estate game. agent. Playing yeah. Monopoly. That, it's really an unfair advantage. Um, <laughs> I also have to remind them of the rules constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Fun stuff. Well, thank you so much for taking so much time with me. Tell everybody kind of where uh, where you're doing business and uh, where they should send their referrals to. Sure. If I could help anybody out, I'm in the Greater Pasadena. Oh, I'm in Pasadena. Our office is called the Greater Pasadena Office of Sotheby's International. So I'm just north of downtown Los Angeles. And our average price point in Pasadena, we're here in uh, October of 2023. The average sales price in Pasadena believe it or not, is about a million four, million five. It's kind of crazy. Um, we have a problem with uh, inventory. Everybody has inventory problems. But what they're doing in the San Gabriel Valley and mostly Los Angeles, they're they're, they're putting all the density in the um, in the central cores. They're still mm -hmm. not allowing much development. So there's we don't really have new homes here in most in 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 the Los Angeles area. Everything is built out. We have a lot of condos and mixed use buildings coming in. They want to get people out of cars and on into transit and, and the bicycles and stuff like that. So the single family homes are still they're, they're I think they're going to continue to do very, very well for uh, for a long time. Um, but uh, if I could help anybody out with it, either buyers or sellers in this area, I'd be happy to help you. And um, I know you say this all the time, Danny, but I love paying referral fees. <laughs> Yeah, they're not there. You know, it's cost to do in business. And, and it's so amazing, especially with with the network I'm in. It's usually I'm getting great business from them, right? The referrals we're getting, they already have that relationship and they're handing me an awesome client and a good person because, you know, good people know good people. So, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, again, thanks again for uh, taking so much time for me, with me. This was fun. We should do it I again. I want to throw something out there really yeah, quick. And, do it. And, and I don't know why this surprises a lot of people once in a while, and it won't surprise you. And if you're experienced, you know, it won't surprise you. But the best money in real estate is in referral fees. You know, <laughs> keep your network out there. Think outside the box. It doesn't, if somebody's selling something 
a family member or a family or friend, but be open and to let them know. I tell people you have, a, I have a fantastic network. Mm -hmm. I have somebody that could help you. And even if you don't have anybody, just say, I, I can't think of the person, but I'll, I, I, I'll, I, I have somebody in that area and get yourself a, you know, a nice little referral fee, these little checks of five grand or 10 grand, or it's just, it's like magic coming in the mail, you know, and well, free money. I think that's, that's an important part of every, every realtor's business is, and that forces you to keep your network open and, mm -hmm. and network with people and talk to agents. You know, if they want to connect with you on LinkedIn, say, yeah. Absolutely. And another great way to find out about agents in different areas is maybe to listen to a certain podcast that we're on right now, where you're talking to top realtors, That's right. such as yourself across the country. Uh, and if we haven't covered anyone yet, I guarantee I know somebody. Feel free to reach out. Uh, there's no double referral fee, but I will definitely be happy to introduce you to one of my uh, associates who just does an amazing job. So yeah, I'm 5,000% with you on that. So what's your area? What's your market I, area? I am in Richmond, Virginia, okay. which is the third fastest appreciating city in the country currently. Where are they yep. coming from? We are getting a ton from Northern Virginia. Uh, the CoStar headquarters has just moved here. Um, and they had one in California and they had one in Northern Virginia. Now they're consolidating in Richmond. So we're getting a ton from there. Uh, we get military because we have... Uh, the army base that used to be Fort Lee, uh, and they've renamed that. Um, so we get that 33% of the military is moving every year. Uh, we have Dominion Energy here. We have Capital One here. So a lot of uh, the corporate reloads and also uh, the federal government said that you only have to go to work a couple days a week now. Uh, so they're coming down here because what you can buy in Washington, D.C. for a condo, we get a whole house for here. Um, we also have four major universities here. So it's kind of a, an up and growing city. Um, so lots of reload stuff. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth University VCU brings people in every year. They graduate out the back end. And if they can get a job, they usually stick around because uh, Richmond's kind of, it's a fun city because it's happening right now. Like this is really kind of our heyday right this second, which is kind of the appreciation and the growth that we're seeing. You are on my Christmas card list. I hope it doesn't offend you. If somebody, if gets offended by a Christmas card, maybe you don't want them in the database. I'm not trying <laughs> to get too political here, but that's the way I feel about it. But you should send somebody at least a holiday card and you're on my list. I appreciate that. You will definitely be getting uh, a handwritten note for sure and, and probably a little bit more. We're going to be sending out one for Thanksgiving. I like uh, it just reminds me to be thankful and I fire that out. But I, you know, I do the holiday card as well. So you'll We'll exchange some cards. That's definitely cool. going to happen. I'm looking forward cool. to it. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And we just got a direct flight on Breeze from Richmond to LA. So I may uh, be out your way sooner. If than you're out here, totally reach out to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll show you I'll the Rose definitely Bowl. Do it. I'll show you all the Pasadena. And we're starting to get celebrities that are moving here now because the West Side is, uh, is way too expensive and busy. And so uh, we're getting our... It, it, it's funny the way realtors chit chat about stuff, but they all like to talk about celebrities. So, <laughs> yeah, if it's too expensive for a celebrity, then it's probably too expensive for normal people. <laughs> it's cheap here compared to a house yeah. in Pasadena that would sell for two million dollars would be in Beverly Hills would be twenty million dollars. It's it's ridiculous. So I think there's you're kind of noticing that gee, um, Pasadena is a pretty good place to live. 
um, and we have you know Caltech, we have our own school, we have uh, uh, our own junior college, I should say, and a vibrant downtown and a lot of technology. We have Jet Propulsion Laboratory here, which is NASA. Um, it's, 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 a, it's an amazing city. So hope you can Very cool. I always love the way a realtor loves their city. Like, you know what I mean? When you talk to a good realtor, we're all all about our where we live. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Very cool. Well, yes. I mean, that's literally what you're selling, but it also helps if you believe it. Um, But cool. We will definitely stay in touch and uh, I will uh, catch you on the next one. Thanks, Thanks, guys. All right. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to apply this information to your business immediately. This message will not self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, agents.